Welcome back to Three Person Book Club, a podcast dedicated to reading, reviewing, and reacting to YA fantasy. I am Izzo. And I am Sarah. And we are your book club. You, of course, are a third book club member. We're so happy to have you. We read House of Salt and Sorrows. We did read it. And we read the hell out of it. I, I loved it. I didn't love it, but I thought it was good. I This is the most fun I've had reading a book for this podcast in a while. I will say we started this podcast because we had so much fun talking to each other about the Throne of Glass series, but then Mm -hmm. we started at a point where the Throne of Glass series got bad. I know. What a bummer. (laughs) It really was. So we've just been like, we've just been searching for a book that gives us that same like reader's high. And I think I, I think I did get that from this. Yes. I was excited yeah. to keep reading. I was like I was like trying to guess what was going on. I was like giggling to myself like, "Ooh, what a plot twist." Like it did have some twisties. It was pretty twisty. Yes, and I liked that it wasn't like it was swirly because there were so many twists, but it wasn't convoluted. That's true. I I actually did think it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty sp- spooky. I did not like the like voice you know it was very stilted it was super stilted it was super stilted and like i've been thinking like all week about how to say this it sounds like like annalee her like inner monologue or like annalee as like a narrator she sounds like an old lady she does okay so i was trying to also think of like how i would describe the writing style and it feels like pride and prejudice but spooky. Like if the sisters in Pride and Prejudice were getting murdered. (laughs) What happened in this book? Nothing. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) For once, things happened. A lot of things happened. Arguably, at times, too many things. Uh, Yeah, sometimes I was like reeling. I was like looking out into space. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow it down. There were times where I had to like go back over what I was reading. Because I was like, what is happening? Especially when she first starts to, like, hallucinate and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I walked into the bathroom and filled the bathtub up with water. And Elizabeth grabbed me by the back of the head and pulled me underwater and tried to murder me. And then I woke up and I'm like, what? Yes. That was the the exact one that I looked at and read and was like, well, I miss... Did I miss something? Did I... Let me read read that. I I missed I missed something because that where was Elizabeth? And then I was like, wait, she's the dead one. Wait. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And there and then she's like, just like so nonchalant. Like Elizabeth grabbed me, and there was an octopus that tried to murder me. And I'm like, oh my god, you get you give like one line to the ghost that's trying to kill you, because I feel like there's a little bit more build to that mm-hmm. that you should be doing, like. Um, you know, fill the bathtub, bathtub, something's wrong with the water, something feels spooky, like build that tension and suspense and then be like, Elizabeth burst out and tried to grab me and pull me underwater. And then I'm like, whoa, there's a ghost. Yeah. Instead I was like, whoa, there's a ghost. I know. So I feel like 
One of the things that this book did really well that the other books we've been reading have kind of been lacking in is the pacing. The pacing of this book I felt like was so good. Like when the hauntings were happening, like the story flowed naturally, the hauntings happened naturally, we got enough information in a way that didn't feel overwhelming. I mean, sometimes it did, but also that like added because it it felt like it was supposed to be overwhelming. Um, but I do wish that there was a little more tension built in the hauntings. Because like while they happened at good moments and there were parts where I was like, oh, this is spooky. Uh-oh, spooky time. I wish there was like, I thought it was going to be a little spookier. Yeah, I wanted to be afraid. And like the jump scare part isn't the scary part. The scary part is the tension and the like dread of like, oh no, I know something's going to pop out. Yeah. And I actually, for this book, I changed my purple from the last book, which was, what's going on? I changed it to, that's suspicious. And I mean, I have a lot of purple in this. There were I was going to say, lots of people were suspicious. Yes. Okay, we haven't done a summary of this book. What happened in this book? Okay, this book is a retelling of the story, The Twelve Dancing Princesses. Which I did not know that story, so... It's also a Barbie movie. Oh, I Did probably... you know the story through the Barbie movie? I have probably I seen the Barbie movie, but no, I have not. Um, I do not recall it very clearly. I did not know the fairy tale, and I also had not seen the Barbie movie. Had not. Still have not. That made it sound like I watched it once I read this book. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Maybe I should have. Um, so here's what happens. haunted. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that would be terrifying. So in the 12 Dancing Princesses, there are 12 princesses, and they sleep in their 12 beds in the same room, and every night their doors are locked by the, by the king, and every morning their dancing shoes are worn through as if they've been dancing all night. And so the king says that um, anyone who can discover why the dancing shoes are worn out by the end of the night, or, yeah, by the end of the night, um, within three days and three nights will win the whole kingdom and every daughter. See, I was trying, I was wondering why he made that weird. Yeah, it was so overt. I guessed that that was what the Dancing Princesses was about just because it was so like shoehorned in. I think I made it a red tab where I was like, thanks, I hate it. Because I was like, this is a weird turn for this book that has seemed pretty. Yeah. He's like, my wife died. All my daughters are dying. My other wife is pregnant, but is like having a really hard time of it. But please figure out why my my daughter's shoes are worn out. Yeah, and <laughs> if you do, everything is yours. What? <laughs> so, an old soldier comes back from war, and he meets an old woman who gives him an enchanted cloak that makes him makes it so he can observe the daughters, and but tells him. Um, not to eat or drink anything. So he goes to the castle, and that evening the princess, the, the oldest princess, comes to his room and gives him a cup of wine, and he secretly throws it away and then begins to snore loud, loudly as if asleep. Well, okay. So the twelve princesses think that he's asleep, they dress themselves in dancing gowns, escape from the room with a trap door, and the soldier sees it, puts on his magic cloak, and follows them. Um, the passageway leads them to a uh, to three groves of trees, the first having leaves of silver, the second with gold, and the third with diamonds. 
The soldier wishing for tokens breaks off a twig of each of each as evidence. They walk on until they come upon a great clear lake. Twelve boats with twelve princes appear where the twelve princesses are waiting. Each princess gets into one. The soldier steps into the same boat with the twelfth and youngest princess. On the other side of the lake stands a castle into which all the princesses go and dance the night away. The strange adventure continues on the second and third nights, and everything happens just as before, except that on the third night, the soldier carries away a golden cup as a token of where he had been. When it comes time for him to declare the princess's secret, he goes before the king with the three branches and the golden cup and tells about all he has seen. The princesses confess. The soldier chooses the first and eldest princess as his bride, for he is not a very young man, is what this synopsis says. Oh. And is, and is made the king's heir. The twelve princes are put under a curse for as many nights as they danced with the princesses. Interesting. Not a huge fan of the fairy tale. Wow. How does the Barbie movie deal with this? I gotta find out. <laughs> so, um, this stars Genevieve, who is the seventh of the twelve princesses. <gasps> um, on their youngest triplet sister's birthday. But I thought that was interesting because that, I, as far as I can tell, that's not in the original. That there are triplets and a birthday. They dis- oh, so Genevieve discovers how to open a gateway into the magical land, and then they dance the night away. And she falls in love with a royal cobbler named Derek, who she has asked to investigate the Duchess's true intentions of returning to the kingdom. Turns out she is poisoning the king to try and take over his kingdom. The Duchess destroys the gateway in their bedroom. And here's my favorite part. The group manages to escape when Genevieve, who is played by Barbie, of course, and Derek, who I assume is played by Ken, are able to open a different gateway by dancing together <gasps> and then uh, the they return home they outsmart and distract the guards Genevieve and Derek confront the Duchess um, she uses the golden flower which is a wish flower um, to make Genevieve dance forever but Genevieve manages to blow the magic dust back at her with a fan forcing her to dance uncontrollably um, and they she and the, the <laughs> other bad guy dance their way out of the castle <laughs> And soon after, Genevieve and Derek celebrate their wedding. Wow. So it sounds to me that this is not a, retwel- a retelling of the Twelve Dancing Princesses. This is a spooky retelling of Barbie in the Twelve Dancing Princesses. Yeah, I was about to say, Aaron, how many times did you watch Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses? I'm going to Google and see if anyone else has made this connection. <laughs> so we follow Annalie, who is... She was just a middle sister... But mm-hmm. her four older sisters have died, so now she's second in line. And she is mourning and grieving, and they think there's a curse on the family because all the sisters are dying. And they have a stepmom who comes in, and she's pregnant and announces it at the sister's funeral. At her funeral! Wow! How rude. Yeah. Anyway. I was like, uh,. I was like, Morella, please don't do Morella, please no. Morella, no. No, Morella, stop. And she was like, we're pregnant. <laughs> With a son. And I was like, how did he know? That that made me suspicious of Morella Red immediately. Red flag. Mm-hmm. Red flag. So, I immediately texted you and was like, she's a witch. Yeah, we, we immediately were like, there's something up with Morella. The triplets want a ball because they're turning 16. And at the ball, they meet... A bunch of men and eligible bachelors, I guess. 
and they hear a story about a secret door that the gods use to travel between realms or whatever. And so they go out searching for it and they find the door and they go into this other realm where they're dancing every night and they are ruining their shoes. There's the tie back to the fairy tale. The youngest sister is making re really weird drawings about the oldest older sisters who have died and it's like seeing so their ghosts and stuff. And that was so, so spooky. And it kind of follows Annalie who believes that her sisters are being killed and are not just dying from the curse. She thinks it's murder. Except they never really explained the first, like, three. Three. I was going to say maybe they were actually being killed off from the madness, like, as part of the deal that Morella made. And Eulalie was the one that Morella actually killed. Annalise starts investigating how her sisters are being killed or slash dying. We uncover this world of, like, gods and demons, and we discover that the balls, these beautiful elaborate balls that they've been going to, are actually all fake and actually super gross and scary. And she falls in love with this guy, Cassius, and we're like, fully, I was fully sure that Cassius was bad. I was too. I thought he was bad news. Yeah, did not trust him at all. Turns at all. out he was just neutral. Talk about nothing. If nothing happened was a person. <laughs> he didn't do anything except, I guess, love <laughs> Annalie. <laughs> Yeah, like weirdly and quickly. <laughs> I know. So as she's investigating with Cassius and her sisters, she's also taking care of Morella, who is pregnant and not doing great. And she's trying to plan for this big party. And slowly things are starting to unravel. And she's picking up that things are like not actually real. And she's being haunted. And... Cassius is like half a god and is like, hey, here's what's actually happening. You guys are all being lied to? Um, Possessed? Yeah, drugged? Drugged, yeah. Mind drugged? Tricked is the word we were looking for. <laughs> we, we went with mind drugged, but <laughs> it's really just tricked. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the easiest word is not the one that comes to your mind. <laughs> All of their memories are being tampered with and adjusted to have them go mad. So they end up killing themselves. So there's this, I guess, deity who brings about madness. And her name is Kosamaris. And she's been haunting all of the sisters and slowly trying to get them to kill themselves. Yeah, so slowly. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I guess so that it's not suspicious, but I'm also like, well, it's very what suspicious. Because... It is very suspicious. And also, what does she care? Right. Um, but she's doing it for this really bad guy, a trickster named Viscardi. Oh, Vicarus? I think it's like Viscardi. Yeah, Viscardi. Yeah, Viscardi. So Viscardi is this trickster demon who Kosamaris is working for, and he made a deal with Morella. So that yeah, which, she could have a that son. Was, that was actually not the specifics of it, but that Morella was bad news was pretty obvious. Yes, we did guess that it was her because she was the only outsider. I guess the haunting stop once Morella is killed by Viscardi after giving birth to uh, her stillborn son and then a literal demon monster with wings. 
that chewed off the umbilical cord. I was like, oh God. That, I was like, do you really need this? Also, what happened to their dad? He died in the fire. That's what I thought, but I was like, she didn't really say that. It was like, um, he went out that way in down the back stairwell and then they were like, the back stairwell collapsed because it was on fire. And I'm like, but you're not even gonna check? Nope, it collapsed. He's Dunzo. He seemed like kind of a bad dude, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, he like hit her and berated her in the street because she was like, I care about you and I thought we had something yeah. special. That is wild to me because like that is not just a trope like people actually act like that and it is wild to me when somebody uses against you that you like them. Yeah. Like you like care about them. They're like, oh. How embarrassing. Don't like me. I know. Me. <laughs> I'm like, it is embarrassing. <laughs> I know. Don't, don't make fun of it. I've also come to terms that I'm embarrassed by it. Um, and then Cassius dies saving Verity, but then um, Annalie wishes on a star really hard, and he comes back. <laughs> she wishes on a star so hard that he comes back to life, I think. Yeah. But then he also made that wish? Yep, on a, a maybe the same star, maybe a different star. His mother then... is the, the god of stars and nighttime. But not nightmares. That's Kusamara. <laughs> yes, and she is scary. She is scary. Um, yeah. So he also wishes about it. But how did he do that if he was dead? I think he got taken by his mother and brought back to her like little healing thing. Are you making that up? Because yes. It's never said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make it make sure. <laughs> so was there actually a curse? I don't know. I mean, his daughters kept dying. Yeah. That, that part is true. And only, like, I don't know. three of them were Morella's fault. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm a little confused on the, on the first sisters who died. How much of it was a curse? How much of it was the deal? Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, I think that they just died. Or, like, maybe that's, like, a loose end that's never tied up. Hmm. I was going to say, I thought Cassius was very suspicious to start with. And then he was like, I'm half God. And I went, oh. I was, yeah, I was really confused by how that fit in at all. I was like, what? Yeah, I did not like that the gods were actually real. Yeah. Um, and actually, the moment that Cassius disappeared and it was like all a trick and that Cosimeris was playing mm -hmm. and everyone was like who is Cassius Annalie are you okay and she's like I was just with him and I was like oh my god him not being real would have been so good yeah I don't know I went back and forth about that it re I was like oh, that would that would have been wild if he wasn't real and she was being like controlled to like kill everyone on behalf of this that would have been really wild i think that may have been like that kind of twist may have been too dark for me so i was um i was like i gotta finish reading this and uh my husband was like let's go take a walk and i was like i'd love to go take a walk but i really gotta finish reading this and this is the only time that i have to do this and he was like oh, okay well um he was like let's go on a walk and uh you read while we go on a walk 
And so we did. <laughs> and so I was like reading on my Kindle while we were walking. And uh, that was the part where like, um, she goes to the ball for like the final time and she sees the punch is like blood and fish scales yes. and like oh, there's a turtle well, with maggots and stuff. And I was so like, oh my God. And I was like saying things out loud and stuff. And he's like, what's going on? And I was like, the punch is blood. And he was like, oh no. And then I was like, and there's fish scales in it. And he was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, is it human blood or is it fish blood? I was like, I think it's fish blood. I think it's chum. It's chum, chum punch. I'm like reading it. I'm like the turtle. He's like, what turtle? I'm like, I didn't realize I said that out loud. <laughs> But that's that's where I was too. Where I was like, I was like giggling at the book because it was like, ooh, so much yeah, is happening. Yeah, it was good, spooky. And not that it was like particularly good. Like, I mean, this isn't like a book that you would read in like an English class. You know what I mean? But no, yeah, it was fun to read. It was. I really, I did really enjoy this book. I felt like it was really good for like a spooky Halloweeny read too. It was. It got me in the Halloween spirit. Yeah. So I liked that. Um, let's talk about twists. So I thought Cassius was going to very obviously be suspicious. I thought he was going to be working with Morella. I don't know what I thought. I thought Fisher was the murderer. Okay. After Cassius, after we found out that Cassius was not a bad guy. Yeah. I thought that Fisher was bad too. So then I switched my my purple tabs to be whenever Fisher said something. <laughs> I know. I was like very suspicious. As soon as she was like, I would have loved being with Fisher at some point, but now I don't think so. Now that he said that he likes me, I don't like him. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, he's the murderer. But I he know. wasn't, but he was, but he wasn't. I know. And then he kept like, he was like, you know... Cassius is kind of suspicious. And then I was like, wait, Fisher, why are you bringing that up? I think he's suspicious, but why do you think he's suspicious? Do you know what I was waiting for to come back, but never did? What? When Annalie was in the greenhouse and there was Hello. that Verity's notebook was down there and she saw the drawing of her. Her like broken body on the dance floor? Yes. Yeah, well, it did come back in that last sequence with um, the last time she went to one of the balls and she could see all the, like, blood and scary stuff. Oh, that's right. And she was on the floor crawling away with the maggots. I didn't put that yeah. together. Yeah. Because they were, like, making her dance. And I remember she said that she felt like a marionette. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of, like, good spooky elements to this. I, I really didn't like that Cassius was, like, half a god, though. And but she's still like, I love you, and we're going to be together forever in my little lighthouse home. Yeah, and she just, like, lives in a place where two of her friends were murdered, and she saw their bodies. I know, and their bodies were gross. Silas had been taking care of the lighthouse and going up to that spot where you, like, pour in the oil or whatever, okay. where Fisher's dead body was. No, his body was, like... um hopping around remember she was inside his dead body and she just like masked it so it didn't look dead and rotting oh she was like yeah she was inside his body killing Gross. other people i know oh i thought that he was i thought that his body was just like grossly contorted up there the whole time no 
But still, like, imagine that, like, not even somebody you know all that well. Just imagine that, like, some random person is murdered in your house. You would move, right? I feel like. I mean, probably. I feel like I would. I would not be able to walk past where they were murdered without thinking about, especially if I found their body there. I would not be like, I'm going to live here. If it were already my home, I think I would be like, uh, do I move? Do I not move? But, it, like... If I walked it, let's say, a scenario, I'm looking to buy a house, okay. and I walk into one, and there's a really gross dead body that's been dead for weeks. I would not I'm not going to buy that house. No, yeah. Yeah. Buy there's that no house. way. <laughs> I don't care how much I like lighting fires and lighthouses. I'm not going to live in that lighthouse. And I would get bored, I feel like. I'd be like, I want to go somewhere, do something. Well, you only have to be back every, like, two days to refill the lighthouse. Are you serious? You're gonna like just leave it? Well, no, but like what if, if you it goes out trip, and you're not there, you wouldn't like a day trip. You could go on a day trip because it only needs to be lit at night. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Do you want a question from Goodreads? <laughs> I would love a Goodreads question. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I'll start with a very brief Goodreads review and then go into the question. Okay. This very brief Goodreads review is Barbie walked so that this book could run. <gasps> they made the connection too! They did. I'm very proud. So this question comes from Anne. Anne asks, how much romance is in this book? Because the synopsis sounded really promising until it mentioned mysterious strangers, which makes me very su suspicious, and I have a low tolerance for that kind of stuff. What does that and, mean, Anne? <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure, Anne. Um, <laughs> it's just a low tolerance for people being happy together, I guess. <laughs> or is it a low tolerance of people being suspicious? <laughs> <laughs> Suspiciously mysterious. Um, so uh, there are three uh, answers here, and I think the last one is the best one, but I'll go through all of them. Okay. Rebecca says, romance is hinted at, but does not play a role in the storyline. That's very true. <laughs> 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 that's true you could take Cassius out and it doesn't really change much to the story nothing would change like literally nothing would change the story um Callie says it's not overly talked about but it definitely plays a role mm, disagree there Callie yeah. I don't want to give too much away if you're gonna read it so that was nice of her and then um Anna has by far the best answer Anna says do you mean sex scenes <laughs> <laughs> She says, do you mean sex scenes? Because there is one sex scene that occurs off stage. I don't know what off stage is. <laughs> off, off page? Off page? But it's all on page? If it's not... Uh, and it's what do you not... mean? We can't see it? I don't... We can't... We don't read step by step how it's going down, so it doesn't count. The word ecstasy is used a lot, though, so I feel like that is, readers should be aware of that in some way. Oh, I didn't so anyway, notice. Anna says, do you mean sex scenes? Because there is one sex scene that occurs offstage, only a bit of consensual kissing with the main character and demons. <laughs> Did we read the same book? There was consensual kissing. <laughs> Between the main character and demons? <laughs> yeah, Viscardi at one point kisses her, but that was not a consensual kiss. Exactly, non-consensual demon kissing. Oh, is it the... Morella and the demon? 
Which no, that was with gross. the main character. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> what a mystery! <laughs> this is our next one. <laughs> How the are we gonna solve of it? Consensual kissing with demons. But so here's what I'm confused about about this uh, answer as well. It says only a bit of consensual kissing with the main character. Period. And demons. So what I assume is that that's a typo. There's. Can, and, the, and the sentence is only a bit of consensual kissing with the main character and demons, meaning the main character and demons kiss yeah. consensually. However, because the period is there, you could read it as how much romance is in this book. That's the question. Mm -hmm. And Anna says, well, there's not many sex scenes, but there are demons. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sexy. <laughs> Um, this question is from Rachel. Ooh, what's up, Rachel? What's your question? Rachel, and Rachel's profile pic is Elliot Page, and so I'm kind of like, is this like... <gasps> this is his secret Goodreads like a secret, It's his secret persona, <laughs> right? It's like his Goodreads. It's like, uh, I don't know, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's a safe name. No one will know it's me. <laughs> no one will ever get. I'll make my profile picture me. <laughs> no one will ever guess. We're so good at solving mysteries. <laughs> so Elliot Page asks, um, <laughs> is one of the characters named Rose? Please say no. <laughs> I mean, technically, yes, I guess their name is Rose. It's Ro Rosalie? Rosalie? Rosalie. Selena says there's a Rosalie, but not Rose. And Navia says, nope, not that I can recall. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? Because I laughed just as hard as you did at that, and it is not funny at all. Why is it so funny? I just want to know Elliot Page's beef. <laughs> <laughs> with the name Rose? Yeah, what is <laughs> Elliot like... Page's beef with the name Rose? I just don't understand why he would ask that question before he reads the book. <laughs> like, he's in the bookstore, right? <laughs> Elliot Page is in the bookstore trying to pick out a book, sees <laughs> Salt House, and is like, uh, I don't know if I should get this book. Runs to Goodreads <laughs> with his secret persona on Goodreads and says, quick. Is there someone named Rose in this? Because otherwise I'm not going to read it. No, if there's a Rose, count me out. <laughs> I'm not done. Happening. This book is going back on the shelf right now. Please say no. Please say no. And then this person comes in trying to be helpful. There's a Rosalie. Does that count? I need to know. Elliot Page, does Rosalie count as Rose? Because we know you listen to this podcast, so um, <laughs> we really want... We really want you to write in uh, at 3PPC underscore podcast at Twitter on Twitter or, um, you know, 3PPC podcast at gmail.com. Just let yeah. us know what your beef is with the name Rose. Yeah, I think we deserve that answer because we have discovered your secret Goodreads. So we're very yeah. intelligent. Couple of Nancy Drews over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Marsha asked, loved this book. Me too, Marsha. <laughs> Not a question, but okay. I know, that's a statement. <laughs> Marsha asked, love this book. What happens to Annalise's dad? You asked that question too. 
I did. Good question. Um, <laughs> Rhiannon says, presumably he died in the fire. He left with the baby, then helped the younger girls out and went back in for his wife, but no one saw him return. Question. Do you think huh. the baby was actually born dead? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I, I answered my own question. Biscardi was like, um, you never asked for your baby to be born alive. I'm kind of like, that's sort of a... I, I don't know that that would hold up in a court of law, frankly. Yeah. <clears throat> that seems also like, like she was already going to still give birth to like your demon spawn baby. Yeah. You couldn't have let her have the other baby too. I think that he liked her. Oh. Because he was like, now we can raise our baby, our weird tentacle baby. And then she was like, well, did it have I'm tentacles? dying. I thought it did, right? Oh, I thought it had wings and like too many teeth. <laughs> I think it had wings and tentacles. And too many teeth. <laughs> okay, too many teeth. I didn't get that part, but I believe you. It wasn't there. I didn't like it. I was like, why do we? Keep, why are you mentioning how many teeth it has? There are so many questions about what the names are of the daughters. Oh my god, this is going to be amazing. Name them in order, Izzo. Do it. Oh, in order. Oh shoot. I don't think I can't I'll wait till you to. get to the triplets. <laughs> Because you don't know how to say any of their names. <laughs> can I at least, can I have like a, a list of their names and then I put them in order? <laughs> no, that's cheating. No, it's a word bank. Ava. Uh huh. Olivia. There is no Olivia. There's not an Olivia. <laughs> There's not an Olivia. Number two, and you did get right. Olivia's the one who died in the library. No. Well, yes, but no. Her name does start with an O, but it's not Olivia. Does it O-L? Octavia. Octavia. Oh, that was close. Okay. That's not close at all. <laughs> Olivia Olive. No. Ava, Octavia, mm -hmm. Elizabeth, Eulalie, yes. Camille, mm -hmm. Annalie. And then you can do the triplets in any order. Lenore. Okay. <laughs> Rosalie? Uh-huh. It's like Leslie, but with a G. It's what? It's Leslie, but with a G instead of an it S. It is not Leslie at all. Lelegly? Wait, wait, wait. If you thought it was Leslie with a G, did you think it was Lexley? It's like Legly. You thought this woman's name was Lexley? <laughs> I was like, ooh, she got an ugly name. Everyone else is like a pretty normal one. Eulalie and Legsley. <laughs> I think you mean Lygia. Oh no. <laughs> Lygia. How many am I up to? Eight? Nine? So I have. Oh, the and then the graces are left. So hope. <laughs> Just so confidently wrong. <laughs> There was a hope! <laughs> no, it wasn't. Okay, I know Verity is the smallest. Truth. <laughs> no. <laughs> Honor? Yes. Oh, see, I knew there was an H. <clears throat> Justice. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, it was Verity, Honor, and Justice. It's justice is not one of them. <laughs> I read this book. Fuck you. 
I think overall, though, I did pretty good. That was pretty good. Out of 12, you got... um, Nine. No. (laughs) I did. I got Verity. I didn't get Olivia. You did not get, like, Gia, Mercy, Honor, or Octavia. Okay, so seven out of 12. Hey, that's still passing. Well, it's not failing. (laughs) That actually reminds me. I'm going to do one more Goodreads question. This is from Rebecca. All right, Rebecca, what is your question? We're very good at answering things, so... Is there any plan to expand on this universe? Um, I think no. I'm going to answer that one. I feel like it ended pretty soon. But it's not over. That's not uh, not the end of the question. Oh, sorry, Rebecca, cut you off. (laughs) Yeah, you're just like, no. (laughs) This is their suggestion. Maybe a Cassia-centered prequel. Mm, No. I can think of nothing worse. No, that sounds super boring. All he did, and he said all he did, was hang out with her dead dead sisters. sisters. Yeah. Uh, so here's a question we get a lot from our third book book club member, which is, what do you get for the book club member who has everything? Yeah. And often the answer is gifts that are themed on, you know, the books that we're currently reading. Yeah. And so I go to Etsy a lot to see what's out there. Yeah. But also we've got a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. I think that we did a really good job uh, uh, gifting more earlier um, oh yeah he would be such a good gift and i think that they could have used mort here i think he would have been like there's no ghost (laughs) right like you are crazy (laughs) mort would have been able to see everything because he doesn't have a brain that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying he's good at riddles he doesn't have a brain verity is not dead she's right here you are just dancing in your room so anyway, my point is, there's a pretty cool t-shirt on Etsy. <laughs> it's like um, a cliff, and then their house is like on the cliff, and all of that is inside a frame, like an oval frame, and then on like the top and bottom, like like opposite each other, on the top and bottom is like shells and starfish. I don't know why I'm describing it to you, I sent you the link. There's also a t-shirt that says, we are born of the salt. Which I cannot imagine walking around with a t-shirt that says we are born of the salt. No context there. Seems super weird and like hyper, I don't know, culty? Yeah. You know the shirts, the, the shirt style that's like, you know, thing and thing and thing and thing? Yes. It's in that style. But it's all of the sisters. Mmm. Except the dead ones are crossed out. Oh, I love that. Or you could also go to your local beach during sea turtle season and just take like 15 hatchlings and just give them. If you live in a landlocked state, just find a hatchling of anything. It doesn't have to be a turtle. (laughs) Store-bought is fine. Get a few of them. Um, and then tell your friend they have to let them go. No, no, I'm saying, like, go to a pool, mm-hmm. bring a fan that's, like, a shop fan, make some waves, dump in the hatchlings, make them swim with the waves. And then, look, that is, like, a day with your friend together, too. So it's... Which is a gift. Your presence is a present. You could also get them salt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, you have to get this for somebody who is a fan of the book. Yeah. So you get them a bunch of salt. They go, what is all, like, why did you give me all this salt? You can be like, we are of the salt. 
I feel like this episode is going well. <laughs> we aren't talking about the book very much. But honestly, I've noticed that we do that. When we like the book, we don't talk about it. <laughs> well, what's there to talk about? We like it. <laughs> oh, 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 one of our followers subtweeted us. <gasps> what? I know. We've been subtweeted. It's pretty cool. Was it a nice subtweet or a mean subtweet? When is there ever a nice subtweet? I don't know. I was hopeful. <laughs> I don't no, like when people don't mean. like me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was definitely mean. Um, but they were like, they were talking about the Atlas Six. So anyway, we like posted our episode and uh, and I posted like a thing that was like, you know, I post a clip from it that's mm-hmm. like, you know, something funny from the episode or something. And uh, a little bit after I did that, one of our followers had just tweeted, like, it's it doesn't make you cool to like to dislike things that everybody else likes, like the Atlas Six, just to dislike it. And, I mean, it was like that overt. It like literally mentioned the Atlas Six. I agree with that. Actually, it does not make you cool. It's not a personality trait to dislike things that other people like just because other people like them. Yeah, I agree. With we that disliked also. the Atlas Six because it was bad. Yeah, we genuinely did not like it. We read that book. Fuck you. Yeah, but actually, no. Thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, thanks for listening. So I'm thinking, like, what parts did I like about the book? Um, I really liked... Oh, I really liked the spooky drawings. Like, it actually scared me. The The first time they talked about the drawings, I was like... I put the book down. Mm -hmm. I was like, too spooky. I need to take a quick break. Yes. Verity, she was very one note, but when she was being spooky, she was very spooky. Oh, yeah, she was spooky. So, okay... So this wasn't submitted to us. This is on like a, a um, forum or whatever. Um, and so anyway, they're like, can you explain this to me? My partner has a copy of House of Salt and Sorrows and she ha- that she has been reading. And she was mentioning earlier today that she wonders when <laughs> that she wonders when they're going to go back to the FBI agent that they spent quite a while now that they've spent quite a while on the rest of the characters. I think you have misread the title. So anyway, it turns out this person has 30 pages of The Leaving swapped into their copy of House of Salt and Sorrows. Wait, so did it start? Did it start Salt of House and Sorrows? And then in the middle, it mm-hmm. was FBI agent. And then it goes back to Annalie? Uh-huh. That would be so confusing. Yeah, I, can I see know. Why your partner like, was when confused. are they going to go back to the FBI agent? See, what I would have been like the portal part. That would be even more confusing. They go through a portal and, and the chapter ends, and then it's like the leaving, and you're like, oh, now they're FBI agents. Like, did, what happened? Alternate and then universe. They back, and then they they're on the other side of the portal again, and you're like, oh, they just dance a lot. Wow. It's weird. Um. Oh, this is from Claire. So Claire asks, do you think this would make a good TV show? I think it would be too slow for a TV show, but maybe an yeah. interesting movie. Okay, the movie where Tom Hiddleston is having sex with his sister. Oh, uh, Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak, thank you. I was thinking Scarlet mm-hmm. something, and I was like, no, that's not it. Different color. Yeah, it's, it's same family. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this book would feel a lot like Crimson Peak. If yeah, it were a movie. It would. I think you're right. Alright, let's do our review. Alright. 
Our review is four stars, a spooky spectacular. (gasps) Where did this book succeed? The retelling of the 12 Dancing Princesses, kind of. The spooky drawings and ghosts in general, and the relationships between the sisters, and the mystery element. Where did this book fall short? The gods and demons aspect felt shoehorned in, and in some instances, like their dad creating the shoe game thing, the retelling felt forced. Mm-hmm. Also, Cassius could literally have not been a character and nothing would have changed. Overall, this was a fun, spooky ride that had something interesting at every turn. Was it a little cheesy? Yes, but it was entertaining despite the writing feeling a little stilted. Would recommend, but would not read again. Point five, we get half a spicy pepper on our five pepper scale for the grossest almost sex scene that we've read so far. Yeah, I think that's a great review. All Um, right, so what are we reading next? Okay, so Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Um, Galaxy Alex Stern is the most unlikely member of Yale's freshman class. Raised in the Los Angeles hinterlands by a hippie mom, Alex dropped out of school early and into a world of shady drug dealer boyfriends, dead-end jobs, and much, much worse. In fact, by age 20, she is the sole survivor of a horrific, unsolved, multiple homicide. Some might say she's thrown her life away, but at her hospital bedside, Alex is offered a second chance to attend one of the world's most prestigious universities on a full ride. Still searching for answers, Alex arrives in New Haven, tasked by her mysterious benefactors with monitoring the activities of Yale's secret societies. Their eight windowless tombs are the well-known haunts of the rich and powerful, from high-ranking politicos to Wall Street's biggest players. But their occult activities are more sinister and more extraordinary than any paranoid imagination might conceive. They tamper with forbidden magic, they raise the dead, and sometimes they prey on the living. That sounds awesome. It does sound pretty good. Um, here is a one-star review. This is by Darby. Ooh, Darby, okay. Darby named her review All Hype, No Substance. Ooh. After hearing an interview with the author, I thought I would give this much-hyped book a try. Boy, how I wish I could have my money back. I never quit a book. Never. There's a first for everything. After about 60%, when the author had a character eat shit out of a toilet, I was sure it was never going to get any better. Oh, God. Done. So boring, so scattered, so ridiculous. My time is far more valuable than this. I'm embarrassed for this author. Okay, um, I mean, here's the thing. We have read worse. Here's a five-star review from Victoria. Okay. Victoria says, This book is fantastic. The ending is perfection, and that hardly ever happens. It seems slow at the beginning, and you may be confused, but keep reading. It picks up at 35% and doesn't stop. I hope this is a series because I cannot get enough of it. Don't think twice about buying this. Just one click and give yourself time to read because you won't be able to put it down. So that is it for our episode this time. If you liked this episode or any of our other episodes and uh, you want to suggest it to a friend, we'd really appreciate that. Um, or if you have a question about this episode or about the next book or, or you just want to reach out at all, we'd love to hear from you. Um, our Twitter is at 3PBC underscore podcast. And our Gmail is 3PBC podcast at gmail.com. So you can reach out to us either of those ways. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and anchor.fm slash 3PBC. Um, and we really appreciate you listening. And we really appreciate it when you guys uh, send in discussion questions or let us know what you think, or even when you subtweet us. We love it. Yes. Um, we so live please for keep it. on doing it. 
So we will be back in two weeks after reading Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Happy reading.